Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu, wana sta'inuhu, wana staghfiruhu, wana u'minu bihi, wana tawakalu alayhi. Wana udhu billahi min shururi anfusina, wa min sayyati amalina. Ma yahdihillahu falamudillalah, ma yudlilhu falahadiyalah. Wana shadu an la ilaha illallah, wana shadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallama tasliman kathiran kathira. Amma ba'd. فنعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقال الله تعالى في القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اصبروا وصابروا ورابطوا واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون صدق الله العظيم My beloved brothers and sisters, we praise Allah. We thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah, and thus we say, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him. Wanasta'inuhu, we seek His help. Wanasta'afiruhu, we seek His forgiveness. bihi, we believe in Him, and we trust and rely upon Him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions. And whomever Allah guides, none can misguide. And whomever Allah lets astray, none can guide. And we bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah. There is no master but Allah. We are servants to none but Allah. There is no God but Allah. And we seek from Allah <coughs> to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And many more, and many more. Kathira and kathira. And as is the case every single week, I ask you the same question over and over again, hoping that someday it'll stick, inshallah, and that is for you to ask yourself, for me to ask myself, what is changing? What is changing in our world? What is changing in our communities? And what is changing in our relationships? And what is changing in our hearts? As is the case globally, we have the ongoing situations in so many parts of the world where we are getting reminded again and again and again that our brothers and sisters in Islam, our brothers and sisters in humanity are getting called back to the divine. You know, what you'll find yourself doing as you get older and older is randomly you'll start thinking of an old friend or an old classmate or an old colleague and you might Google them or look, up, look them up on Facebook, on social media, just to see what is happening with them. And I did that literally about an hour ago. This person that I worked with at this office about 15 years ago, and he's about a year younger than me, and I saw all these things about the passing of Derek, uh, uh, funeral services for Derek, so forth and so on. And yet again, that is a reminder for each and every one of us, and a reminder for me, that your moment to return to the Creator can happen at any single time. Whatever it is that was the cause, of his demise was not in those articles. And did he even remember me at any point after I stopped working there? Allah knows best. But at that moment, it was a reminder that any of us, our time can come at any moment unexpectedly. And so, of course, the first question is, how much do I, how much do you think about your own mortality? How much do you think about your accounting? Or do you run away from it and freeze? knowing that with each second, each day, each week, each month, each, each, each month, each year, it's getting closer and closer. Unavoidable. And then, of course, look at our relationships. Here we are now two-thirds of the way done, alhamdulillah, with the semester. And what is the nature of your relationships with your family members, with your friends, with your fellow Muslims, with your non-Muslim friends and your classmates? 
Is it the same as it was at the beginning of the school year? And for most of us, the answer is probably yes. And I'm not saying that that is a bad thing, but make it your goal to keep increasing the quality of these relationships. And how do you increase the quality of your relationships with your classmates? Extend extra greetings. Check in on people to see how they're doing. And how do you do that with people with whom you are closer? Be more and more forgiving and be more and more willing to apologize for the sake of your relationships. And of course, the biggest question of them all, what is the condition of your relationship with Allah in your heart? And the point you will hear from me ad nauseum over and over again is that you and I may not have much impact on what is happening in terms of Somalia. You, may, you and I may not have much impact in terms of what's happening in Syria or Palestine or Iraq or Kashmir, etc. But you do have impact on what happens in your heart with your relationship with Allah. That is in your hands. That is in your hands to decide what you want to do with it. And either you can coast through life, which is not necessarily a bad thing if your relationship with Allah is good, but the goal is to make it better and better. Why? Because we have the opportunity for the top level of paradise. Why go for the Orland Park level of paradise when you can go for the top level of paradise? And you and I know that Allah Ta'ala has prepared a mansion for each and every one of us at the top level of paradise, Jannatul Firdaus. But if I don't earn it, it'll be handed over to someone else. So each and every one of us in this room has a palace waiting. And so why not go all the way? Just like in your classes, how, how many times I urge you, don't go just for the A, go for the A+. Yeah, sure, on your transcripts, it may not make much of a difference. But the point is, your goal is excellence. Your goal is to be the best, because you can. So, another point I want you and I to think about. I was reading this hadith. It's a hadith Qudsi. I was reading this the other day. A hadith Qudsi is where the Prophet, peace be upon him, is saying that Allah says such and such. This is different than Quran. Quran is a special type of revelation. And then what we receive through the hadith, through the practices of the Prophet, peace be upon him, that's a different type of revelation. The Quran is what we call wahi uh, matlu, uh, a recitation that is recited. And then what we find in the hadith literature is what we call wahi ghair matlu, wahi revelation that is not recited. Meaning, what is it? It's practiced in the person of the Prophet, may peace be upon him. And there's two stories that have the same key point. One is in this Hadith Qudsi, where the Prophet, peace be upon him, is saying that Allah Ta'ala finds pleasure and wonder in the people that have to be dragged into paradise in chains. Now think about what that's saying. People have to be dragged into paradise. Now you and I know, we are all taught over and over and over again, that paradise is better than anything you can imagine that imagine whatever your paradise would be. And I won't even share what the paradise is probably for these 20-year-old guys here, but the point is, imagine whatever that is, a thing that gives you so much pleasure, and your paradise will be better than that. But there are some people who have to be dragged into it. Now, to make this point a step further, I'll get into the other story. So the Prophet, may peace be upon him, was just in battle with the Quraysh, and he has some prisoners of war 
that are spending the whole night moaning, spending the whole night crying because they're thinking they're about to be executed. And the Prophet, may peace be upon him, is visiting them. And he's looking at them while they're crying, while they're screaming, and he says to them, all you have to do, and I'm paraphrasing, all you have to do is embrace this way. You'll be freed. All the wealth that you've lost, you're going to get back, and even more. And then on top of that, you're going to get forgiveness from Allah, which means then, inshallah, you're going to have paradise. All you have to do is say this one sentence, that there is no ilah but Allah. Muhammad is the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. And these are these Quraysh who are wailing and moaning, and they don't want to do it. They've hit rock bottom. And then the Prophet starts smiling, may peace be upon him. And then they say, look at him. He's getting excited that he's going to execute us. He is no different than anybody else. All his followers speak of him like he's a superhuman being, but he's smiling because he's gaining the same joy of wiping out his prisoners like any other person. And the Prophet, may peace be upon him, what does he say? I'm smiling, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm smiling because of the absurdity of this situation. I'm promising you everything back. And you are like those people that I have to drag into paradise, and they're kicking and screaming because they don't want it. They'd rather stay in a fire. And so the question to ask you and I is, am I one of those people that Allah Ta'ala will have to drag into paradise? How? That I know behaviors are good for me, but I don't want to do them. And I know there's other behaviors that are harmful for me, but I can't stop, I don't want to stop doing them. That's basically the same point. Yeah, I want to go to paradise, but you're going to have to drag me into it. Meaning what? You're going to have to force me to change into what I know I should be. Let's frame this a different way. Very often when you, when you go through self-help books, whether it is about success at work, whether it is about having a successful company, whether it is about discipline in terms of your habits, whether it's about diet or sleep or what have you. A lot of times these books become bestsellers because people are always searching for that golden key, the one fact they need to hear that'll lead them to change their lives. And you see this also in terms of lectures in our community, that you go listen to this charismatic speaker, hoping that that speaker will give you that one key, that if I only turn this one key, I will transform my life. And the fact of the matter is that there's no such thing as that one key. It really comes down to choice. It really comes down to being honest with yourself. And we have a passage very, very close to the end of Al-Baqarah, very close to the end of, of the second surah of the Quran, where Allah Ta'ala is telling us, enter into Islam, enter into submission completely. Kafa, enter completely. And then we're asked, what will it take for you to do so? And then we're told, ask the children of Israel. Or then, no, actually, then we're asked, what do you need to see for this to happen? Do you need to see Allah himself on a cloud and then will that be what it takes for you to enter completely? But if you see that, then it's too late. And then we're told, look at the children of Israel. How many miracles were they given? And yet they kept turning away. What am I saying? Often you and I are looking for that golden key to change our habits, which can be a miracle. 
I just need something miraculous to happen and then suddenly I'll transform myself. Or we might be looking for some tragedy that will then compel me to change myself. And I'm telling you, human nature doesn't work that way. As someone who's waited for that golden key over and over again, I can tell you it doesn't appear. The actual golden key is when you should decide to change yourself. Whatever aspect we're speaking about in your life. I spoke about you know, my, my joy of drinking Coke Zero last week and how I replaced it in shot luck continuously with freshly squeezed orange juice, which is sitting on my desk right now. Or when we're talking about physical fitness, what did I need to do? I've had gym memberships for years, and I've kept these gyms in business by not using any of their equipment. But then when I finally decide to shell out the money and set up appointments on a regular basis with a trainer who tears me to shreds, then finally things started changing. And what am I saying? The first step is that you have to take your own inventory and be honest with yourself that you want to change. And the second step is also equally hard, and that is to figure out what works for you. That's why when so many of you come to my office with this issue, whether it's anxiety, or whether it's with depression, or whether it's trying to increase your faith, or whether it's trying to increase your prayers, or what have you, and in the capacity that I can help you, what do we always do? We always start with something. Let's do this and see if it works. Let's start with the gratitude exercise, see if it works. Or let's tweak the exercise to see if it works. Meaning the second step is to then figure out what works for you. And each and every one of us, mashallah, is completely unique from the person sitting next to you. Although in my brain, you guys are all a bunch of punks. But I'm saying each and every one of you is completely unique, mashallah. So what works for one person will not work the same for the next person. And that requires self-honesty. Okay. What is it that makes me tick? Just in the same way that some of us in this room are excellent in our prayers and fasting. Others in this room struggle in both of them. Some of us in this room are really great in prayers, but struggle in fasting. Some are great in fasting, struggle in prayers. Some are excellent in being honest and in caring about their fellow Muslim brothers and sisters. Others not so much. What is the point that each and every one of us is unique? Each and every one of us has our strengths. Each and every one of us has our complications. So the second part of changing, the first is to make the intention and make the commitment to change, and the second is to figure out what works for you, and then to try again, and to try again, and to try again until you find something that works. I've been driving to, to drive, uh, trying to drop Coke for years, but it's so delicious and so sweet. Okay, I just watched a movie, I should drink Coke. I just taught a class, I should drink Coke. It's time for lunch, I should drink Coke. Okay. I knew I shouldn't be drinking it, but then finally I found someone that, something that, make it, that could make it easy to wean myself off. So now, as part of the process of change, let's first ask Allah Ta'ala for forgiveness. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I'm not going to take too much of your time because you guys look even more tired than you usually do and that's because we know this is midterm season. Uh, these guys basically look like they proposed to someone for marriage and she said no, but I'm saying my beloved brothers and sisters, inshallah, you will see the results of your efforts and a point to think about specifically this time of the calendar. I've had a surge of students who are coming complaining about sadness and depression. And again, if you have any of this, come and let's talk. But some of this might be season-affected. 
that you and I, we are not islands living in a vacuum. What happens within you affects you, but also what happens around you affects you. And you and I have all seen the temperature finally dip to the type of temperature that I like, despite the fact that I'm from Karachi. I love this type of weather, which makes me very happy. But the point is that for many of us in this room, this actually causes a whole lot of actual physiological sadness. But why am I making this point? Always pay close attention to what's going on inside. Because depression is a real thing. Okay, depression is not in the imagination. You can't pray depression away unless you are a, some super sheikh. For most of us, you actually have to go through a process of fixing this. So what else am I saying? On the one hand, when we're speaking about practicing good habits or ending bad habits, you have to make the commitment and the priority to change yourself and then figure out what works. But then on the other side, we're talking about internal wellness. So a question that I ask almost every semester to students, and ask yourself this, don't raise your hand, ask yourself this, can you say honestly in your heart that you're happy? Can you say honestly in your heart that your default state is to be happy? And when I look at your faces, the answer is probably no, because it seems like you're smiling even less. But what I'm saying, my beloved brothers and sisters, also take inventory of what's going on inside. Because just as what is outside affects you, your condition also affects you and affects those who are around you. And every one of us can be in better shape. Friday, so October 27th, 2017, 2 p.m. So even if you can be in better shape, then go for it. What I always find strange is when I meet people who make all their prayers on a regular basis, and they might even make all their prayers bil jama'ah. They make all their prayers in congregation. And yet they're the biggest grouches in the world. That I don't understand. What is the effect of your prayers on you if it's not at least making you happy? But what am I saying? That happiness is within your reach. It isn't dependent upon your acceptance into med school. Happiness can be attained earlier than that. And what do we find among the teachings of our scholars, our doctors of the heart, is that what is it that makes you viscerally happier, it's when you actually get closer and closer to the divine. And then we can work on those steps as well. But the point is, make commitments with yourself to change. Whatever small or big aspect of it is in your life, and also out of respect for your own dignity, out of respect for your own worth, your innate value, work on making this person inside happier too, inshallah. So with that, I remind you of the Prophet, may peace be upon him, who always used to smile even though he had to carry the burden of the entire ummah upon his shoulders. And what does Allah Ta'ala say about him in the Quran? Indeed, 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 Allah and his angels send blessings upon him. O you who believe, send blessings upon him. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi. Ya ayyuhaladheena amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallam. O oh Allah, we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon his family and upon his companions and extend the blessings and peace upon them all. Rabbana atina fid dunya hasanah wa fil akhirati hasanah wa qina adhab al-nar our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer, our trainer, grant us the best of this life. 
in the best of the hereafter and protect us from the fire. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen qimus salah.